This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put it on. He's up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Okay. Well, <clears throat> that game happened. Um, I'll let some more people gather in. Um, anybody can everybody hear me? Anybody that's joining can hear me? Um, yeah, so that was a game. Uh, it indeed was played on January 9th. Um, <laughs> God, where do we start? Um, yeah, do you want to start with the 55 to nothing run to end the game? <laughs> or maybe the uh, outgaining by 400 yards? Maybe, maybe, maybe that part. I don't know. Uh, regardless, um, I said I would do this Twitter space, and we're going to do it. Uh, for those of you that do not know, I am Ishmael Johnson, the edit- the college editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And uh, yeah, all right, let's get into a 65-7 Georgia over TCU in the national championship game. Um, I mean, you can tell a lot. I'm somebody who doesn't take a lot of um, conclusions from the opening few drives. Right, those first two drives for both teams are typically what they've been working on for the longest time. That's typically their um, uh, primary game plan, something they saw on film, something they can capitalize on on offense. And that's usually what those teams try to drill very well in practice that week or those first two drives. So, like I said, I try not to take those first two drives into account too much when I'm watching a game. Uh, all you do not need to watch any more of this game than those first couple drives because it became clear that TCU's main strategy was going to be to utilize the space that Georgia was going to give them. Um, they're gonna, Georgia was going to was going to let them play sideline to sideline. TCU was going to take that because they do utilize the screen game quite a bit, and it, it did matter. It did not matter. Georgia was able to. Close out space. They were able to absolutely make things uncomfortable from the get go, and then when TCU had to open it up, it became a little bit. It became a, to say the least, it became a struggle. Um, when you don't have Kendra Miller as usual, you have Amari DiMarcado is a good backup running back, but he's not Kendra Miller. You're not going to be able to get the game breaking plays that TCU needed. Go back and watch the Ohio State game. And go back and watch Alabama last year. Teams that beat Georgia are teams that can have the playmakers be able to kind of make plays uh, freelance-wise, but also within the little amount of space that Georgia gives them. Whether it's soft coverage, whether it's um, a quarterback who can step up and maneuver in the pocket a little bit more. Georgia's weaknesses come from when they have to face individual playmakers like you saw last week with C.J. Stroud. uh, Before he went out last week, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Last year against Bryce Young, right? Those type of players. While Max Duggan is an improvisational quarterback at times, he's he's not those guys, right? He's never been those guys. It's been a great year for him. Um, his, his improvement's been tremendous, but he's never been the guy 
that's going to step up, take one step up in the pocket, and all of a sudden create 15 yards from himself against an athletic linebacker, right? He's always been a guy who is a very scrappy runner. He's he obviously we saw that run against Oklahoma. He has a second gear, but again, it's not it's not against this type of defense. So when you had an offensive line that could not block, right? They just could not block. We saw true freshmen getting sacks for Georgia today. And you had a run game that was non-existent, especially without your best running back. It was it, it was going to be near impossible for this offense to get anything going. Max Duggan finishes 14 to 22, 152, two picks. Um, TCU as a team finishes 36 yards on 28 carries. I mean, like I said, it was going to be a struggle when you saw that Kendrick Miller was out. And then those first two drives, you saw kind of how uh, Georgia was dictating or what, how George was going to play this offense. They were going to let them get the sidelines and basically dare them to to go at the defense. Offensively, I mean, that was that's where George has kind of taken the next step this year is offensively. Stetson Bennett isn't the guy that almost got benched for JT Barrett like he was last year. He's a fully realized, fully uh, damn good quarterback in college football. Um their tight ends are kind of unfair. <laughs> uh, Brock Bowers finishes with seven catches, 152, uh, a touchdown. Lad McConkey finishes with, uh, I know he's not a tight end, but Lad McConkey finishes with five catches for 88. Darnell Washington, who looks like a tank on, on in, in pads, had a catch for, what was it, eight, fifth, 28 yards, sorry, 28 yards. But still, it was mismatches all over the field. Um, TCU's linebackers just weren't big enough. Their safeties weren't at, uh, strong enough to be able to basically just defend this. Um, they ran the ball pretty effectively even before they had to. They were just kind of running the ball, running the clock out towards the end, um, basically the entire second half. But, yeah, I mean, what, what to me, you know, everybody's going to be asking, oh, what would you rather do? Would you rather get blown out and or not having made it at all? I mean, sure, that's a fair question, right? You can ask – you can probably ask these TCU guys in, in a couple months when they're not – just in the um, immediate aftermath of this game, what, whether they would want to do, I think they take it, right? I think they take going to the national championship, right? Being the being the first team from Texas to make it. Um, but in the end, these are sometimes how these games go. I think us as sports fans, we want to see the two lanes over the USC's, right? We want to see the Boise States over the Oklahomas. We want to see. These, the, what we saw last week, we want to see TCU over Michigan, right? We, we love to see those stories. But in some ways, for every great Cinderella story, there's also the reality check, right? There's also the fact that, hey, guess what? Turns out one of the best recruiting programs in the country is just that much better than everybody else, right? Um, I still think this takes nothing away from what TCU did this year. This is a team that <laughs> they were a team that people thought would lose eventually for a reason during the regular season. People kept wondering, okay, when's this going to happen? When's this going to fall? When's this team's going to, going to finally drop a game? Um, because they had been kind of that team of destiny a little bit, right? They obviously were a good offense. They were a very competitive defense with that three, three, five, that uh, Joe Gillespie installed um, a capable defense. They weren't great, but they were a lot better than they were last year. Um but there's a reason why people were waiting for them to eventually drop a game, right? This wasn't a team that was smacking guys left and right for, for 12 weeks. But regardless, um, 
you know, yeah, that's kind of all I, there's no, again, I have the all 22 up, uh, the sky cam up on my computer, uh, to watch this game, but eventually it just kind of became uh, kind of pointless. There wasn't much to analyze. It was just guys being able to get off blocks versus guys not being able to hold their blocks. Um, you know, yeah, it's rough day for TCU, obviously, but I'd still say there's a, there was a lot of fun to be had this season, um, especially covering this team, uh, following this team throughout the year. Um, uh, go to TexasFootball.com, by the way, right now, Mike Craven just dropped his uh, correspondence from Los Angeles. He was on the scene. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, look, there, it's not going to be a, a pretty read, right? He's, he's going to be, what are you, what are we supposed to write about? Right. We're supposed to be talking about what happened in the game and what happened in the game was Georgia, who's kind of reached its apex as a national power and the best program in college football versus TCU, who was one of the biggest underdogs uh, Vegas wise. I think, I don't know. I know it opened at like 13 and a half heading into the week. Um, but yeah, go check it out. It's Mike Raven's three thoughts from the, from the TCU loss to Georgia and the college football national championship game. Um, we'll still keep our TCU hub page up on Dave Campbell's. Um, we still have that every story that Mike Craven wrote this year or a podcast that we did over TCU and things like that. It'll still be up. Um, we, you know, it, it was still a historic moment for the entire program and for the state, frankly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically all I got. I mean, if anybody's got any questions, if anybody's got any comments of their own, um, feel free to chime in. Uh, feel free to vent. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, w- I was hoping for a good game at least, but obviously Georgia had um, other questions and we do have a request. So uh, let me see. Jacob McNeil. What's up, man? Oop, can you hear me? Hey, man, what's up? Hey, um, so I think First of all, thank you for doing this, and it's. Uh, I think it's good to uh, unwind after watching that thing. But um, from from kind of a neutral perspective, uh, and I'll get to my question quickly. Sure. You know, I I think that I think that there has been just so much momentum around TCU, not even throughout the whole season, but honestly, just the last like six, seven, eight weeks, right? And so. Um, in terms of like, I, I, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of high school coaches. I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of collegiate coaches at various levels and, and TCU, especially in the last like four weeks has just become this discussion point. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it feels like a little bit that tonight was maybe the only thing that could have stopped that in its tracks. And I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but I, I would be interested to hear your opinion on, what this does to TCU's trajectory mm-hmm. as opposed to like what we thought a week ago, what we thought two weeks ago. Right. Because sure. in my opinion, I think that it actually enables them to continue to build and to manage those expectations. But at the same time, it, it takes the top off of it a little bit. Right. So I, yeah. I'd be interested yeah. to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's fair. I'd say um, that's definitely fair to, to kind of take away from it because yeah, it was starting to look like, okay, here's a program who we kind of uh, underestimated as a, uh, I want to say a pa- power is the wrong word. I don't think we ever saw them as a power, but you know, you kind of look at the big 12 as a two team vacuum for the longest time. And for, you know, Baylor the past couple of years, and we kind of forgot about TCU until this year. And this is still a program that has resources. It has a program that's won 
right? At, the, at, at high levels, right? They've won the Rose Bowl before in, in the early 2010s and, and things like that. They've won big games and they've been around, but it was kind of a program that you never saw take that next step to be one of the, the quote unquote new bloods, like an Oregon or like a, kind of like what Ole Miss is trying to do now, right? And yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. This is kind of the one thing that couldn't happen if, if they wanted to kind of sustain this. Now, of course, I think they'll be fine in terms of this this class, right? They've gotten guys coming home. They got Tommy Brockermeyer from Alabama coming back as a who was the top tackle in his recruiting class. They got L.J. Johnson, one of the top running backs, in, uh, coming in from um, uh, Texas A&M. So they'll, they'll get guys, right? But I think it does put a little bit of a, you know, recruits talk, right? Kids talk. They're high school kids, right? They're going to gossip and say, man, that was, kind of, that was kind of embarrassing, right? And as opposed to maybe looking at another program where that matched up a little bit better to Georgia, right? Like in Ohio State. Um, I do still think overall they'll, this, this year will take a step forward for um, the perception of TCU, but I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's never a good look. Let's put it that way. It's never a good look to lose by the largest margin in uh, college in the national championship of modern era. So, uh, but with that said, I think it does help that Sonny Dykes can look at this and say, well, I did all this without even really bringing anybody in, right? This is still last year's TCU roster for probably the most part, right? Doug. Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's, I think that's what Sonny Dykes can, can kind of look to and sell to fans and to recruits saying, look what I did with these guys. I don't even mind. Right, like Max Duggan was benched to start the year, and he had to come in because of injury. So, um, I agree, though. I think this was this is the one thing that could take off a little bit of that shine from the momentum they were kind of feeling. All right, let's see. That was that was Jacob. We got we got another request here. One second, y'all. All right, what's up, man? Morning Blitz. How are we living? Um, as Warren Frogs fans, I'm sure you're not living great. I'm not a yeah. <laughs> I'm not a Georgia fan. I'm not a TCU fan either. Uh, but my question for you, or maybe mm-hmm. for the answering for the general public, what do you think their answer would be? Because I think I know your answer. Would you rather be the Ohio State Buckeyes who lost in a last second mm. play in the semis, or would you rather be TCU who got absolutely humiliated? humiliated on national TV in the championship. What team that's, would you rather be? That's a good question. Because um, obviously the, 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 I talked about the question of, would you rather not make it at all or, go, or get blown out or whatever? But I think that specific question is kind of interesting because now <laughs> whether or not they're justified, Ohio State has that <laughs> badge of saying like, yeah, well, we could have won a, we could have made it better, right? We could have made a title game. We could have wandered, you know, things like that. Um, and there's nobody that can prove them wrong because that, right. that scenario didn't happen. So I guess I've kind of – I'm always going to be somebody that will take, you know, the, the um, making it, right? Whether or not you get knocked off in the – knocked out in the first round, embarrassingly, whatever. I'm going to always take making it over not making it, but – I kind of, if I was also an Ohio State fan, I'd, yeah, I'd absolutely be like, yeah, look, we should have probably been there, right? We were the, probably the second best team in the country or whatever, because um, yeah. no one can tell them otherwise. They played better. Um, <laughs> they definitely were the better matchup for um, Georgia, which, like I said, looks like the, the team that we kind of uh, presumed they would be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think in this current moment, 
it's better to be Ohio State because it's so embarrassing what happened to TCU just now. Oh, but sure. in, a, yeah. in a week, it's not going to matter. They went to right. the national championship. It's a story to tell their kids the rest of their life. They beat Michigan in the semis. I'd rather yep. be TCU. Oh, Thanks yeah, for having me. Subscribe to our daily sports newsletter, Sports Learning <laughs> Email. We'll see you soon. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. Peace. Later. All righty. So let's see. Um, who else? Anybody? And that's all the that's all the requests we got. Okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, if there's no other questions, I'll vamp for a little bit more. But you know, we can probably cut this one short. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, full full credit to Georgia. I mean, this was a team that only this team, I think, could last year heading into the heading into the national championship. The, the storyline was always like, hey, what? Um, what can what can we I'm trying to figure out can you win a national championship without a quarterback that's like Trevor Lawrence, things like that, right? When Stetson Bennett wasn't the guy that he is now. It was always, hey, can you win a can you win a national championship without a Joe Burrow, without a, a Mac Jones, right? Without a, a, a capital D dude at quarterback. I think this Georgia team is proving has proven that they're one of probably the only teams that could do that, right? I'm not saying Stetson Bennett isn't good. He is fantastic, and he's been great. But this type of team, and I'm not saying they could win with anybody either. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying that the fact that Georgia was able to answer that question pretty definitively, saying, yeah, we don't need the five-star quarterback like we thought we did to win a national championship in this era, is a credit to kind of what Kirby Smart's built. Like, they literally are what Alabama was in the early 2000s, just with a little bit more of a modern flair, because I think Jeff Monken's been one of the best play callers in college football since taking over. So, um, or, uh, not Jeff Monken, Todd Monken, Jesus. Um, no, yeah, Todd Monken. Um, I get them confused. Um, regardless. Um, so, yeah, you know, that that's, it's again, it's, it's a testament to Georgia's dominance. Um, TCU, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's more or less a wait out the pain type of deal. <laughs> um, so th- I think the benefit and the benefit, it's probably the bad way to put it. The one silver lining I can give for this game is that you can already enter introspective mode, right? You can always, you can already enter like, man, this year was great, wasn't it? Because you're not going to be thinking about the game. <laughs> you're not. Um, but you can already enter into the mindset of, man, that was, you know, remember when we beat Oklahoma State? Remember when we beat Michigan, right? I think it was correct that you – that it, I think it is correct that you would rather get there than not get there, right? Um, but I think it's also very fair to say that it was embarrassing. So, I don't know. Um, like I said, this is still – oh, we got another request. Um, let me get to this real quick. Um, okay, let's see. You are scary, scary Gigi. I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question more is, is not just TCU alone, but mm-hmm. what is going to be the outlook on recruits of just the Big 12 in total? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only mm-hmm. two teams to get bowl game wins was Texas Tech and TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas did have a nail-biter. That was a phenomenal game in double overtime. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're seeing our best two teams in TCU and Kansas State both getting blown out by Georgia and Alabama in SEC schools. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's your output? And if I'm a recruit, I'm saying I don't think I want to go to the Big 12 because even if I'm a great offensive weapon, I'm not playing against real defenses. And Quentin Johnson, who's 
number two wide receiver behind Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had one catch for three yards tonight. So yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that that's that's definitely a question moving forward, right? That's definitely something that they have to – the remaining teams have to answer because you look at the, who's recruiting the top of the Big 12 right now, it's still Texas and Oklahoma. Um, despite the fact that Oklahoma had its worst year in forever, Texas still underperformed, although improved off of last year. It's still the two teams that are leaving, right? And you look at maybe some of the other programs that are right there – how many of them would you probably take? You know, TCU's recruit, TCU and Tech are probably recruiting the next best out of those two, at least per 247. Um, how, you know, we we saw kind of, again, the jury's still out on Texas Tech, obviously, but I don't know. We don't, ex- I don't know if we expect Joey McGuire to be able to beat Georgia in two years, right? Maybe, I don't know. But that's definitely a question that's still, uh, the jury's still out on. We saw Texas be able to hold hold against uh, Alabama, right? Um, who knows what that game is with if both teams are healthy. Um, Texas lost viewers. Of course, Alabama lost uh, 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 Jace McClellan in that game. And yeah, I mean, then you, let me see. I'm looking at the rankings. One, One's Texas. This is the 247 recruiting rankings. One and two are te- Texas and Oklahoma. Three is TCU. Four is Tech. Five is Kansas State. You know, we just talked about those teams kind of having varying <laughs> degrees of uh, – um, wins or embarrassing losses in Kansas State TCU's case in bowl games. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that's going to be going forward. This was the perception of the Big 12, right? It was that they could not do this, right? It was that Texas and Oklahoma, that's why they have to leave is because they can't consistently get the guys that can play at this level. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, to, to kind of not answer your question, it's it still is very much up in the air because – we it's something they have to work out right and i don't think it was even going to be solved if tcu won really i'm not like i really don't because i don't know if tcu goes from the third best recruiting class in the the conference to the first if they win a national championship right maybe but i can't say that happens overnight either if they would have won this right thank you yeah i had a request but somebody i guess he left um but yeah, I mean, it's it was a rough night, you know. Not much else you can say about this. Um, wasn't fun, but uh, yeah, that was about. Oh, there we go, Lane Smith. Here we go. Hello, Lane Smith. What's up, man? Lane Smith. Looks like you're muted. <laughs> oh, cannot hear you if you're talking. All right, well, I can keep going until um, trying to think. Um, give you a couple more minutes. Um, but yeah, um, I am looking at these two four seven rankings right now, and yeah, it's still very much. Um, you know, as we kind of expected, Texas and Oklahoma still dominating the, the, the top of that. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It was fun. <laughs> it really was. This team was fun to watch. I don't, you know, I don't care. Um, I don't care that how, how the season ended. It was still a fun watch, and this team was interesting to cover because I don't think it's been uh, – I don't know if I've ever seen that happen to where more or less the same roster goes from what they were last year to this year. Um, I think Parker – uh, stats of war on Twitter had my favorite had my favorite uh, tweet about this season 
when it said, who knew a vibes change is all TCU needed to be a national title contender, contender which is fair. Um, they Again, they literally just came in and said, hey, this roster is pretty good. Let's win with it. And they did. So, um, And I think the most underrated part of this is that a lot of the, most of the big players are coming back. Um, I know they lose Brian Carrington to Arizona State, uh, one of the recruiting um, key recruiting guys. But Joe Gillespie, defensive coordinator, comes back. Garrett Riley somehow returns. I do not know how they hung on to him. Um, obviously we'll hear about Max Duggan's future. Um, obviously I, I would presume Quentin Johnston's gone. Uh, he's probably the top receiver in this year's draft, uh, at least one, uh, one or two, uh, Kendra Miller, he has eligibility, but I don't know why he would come back after the year he had. He was incredible. I would capitalize on that. Um, Max Duggan's an interesting case, right? I have no idea. He's not going to be, uh, going, in the first round anytime soon. So if there's some NIL money that he can make, maybe there is worth for him coming back. If he has eligibility, um, I legitimately don't know. He might have a COVID year or not. I, I do not know anymore with these players. Um, regardless, I can also see this being like a nice swan song for him to kind of exit stage left on um, and kind of give the program to, to Chandler Morris. If that's where, if that's where they decide to go. So, uh, with that being said, I think that'll do it for me. I'm going to go ahead and end it there unless there are any more requests to talk. Any questions? Doesn't look like there are. So, yeah. Thank you guys again for a great season. Um, these Twitter spaces were kind of a last-minute thing that I did. I uh, did it last week or a couple weeks ago for the – was it last week? Couple, I can't remember. Regardless, the semifinal. I did that for the – we did it for the first time. Uh, we'll be doing it more next year, right? Obviously – I think we'll do it for big games involving interstate schools, right? Like Texas versus TCU, things like that. Um, we'll try Facebook as well. Um, I know Twitter spaces is easier for more uh, for more interaction like this. I kind of like this, getting to hear you guys and then listen to what you have. Um, but look, look out for it. You know, we might be trying it with some other events, right? It might be seven on seven. I don't know when that hits over the summer. Um, we're just trying new things, right? We're expanding our college content. We're seeing what sticks, seeing what doesn't. And yeah, we'll stick with that. Like I said, texasfootball.com. Thank you guys for following us all year. TCU, you've been fantastic. TCU fans, TCU administration, they've been fantastic to us all year. You have all of our stories on there. Like I said, Mike Craven's three thoughts from Los Angeles. He's been kicking ass on this coverage, on this beat this year for TCU. Um, I'm trying to think. We have... Check out the page from Fort Worth to Los Angeles, which is every story, every feature we've written on TCU this season. Quentin Johnson features, Sonny Dykes features, all that stuff. So textfootball.com. Thank you guys so much. I'm Ishmael Johnson, your college editor. Once again, for the sadness, Georgia 65, TCU 7. And uh, that'll do it for the college football season. So we will see you guys I guess National Signing Day is the, the next event we got for college. So regardless, thank you guys again for a great season, and we'll talk to you later.